Hey, Russell fans, you're listening to the Wednesday Night War podcast, AEW Full Gear Review. What's up, Warheads? Wednesday Night War podcast, Saturday night, well, no, Sunday morning. It's definitely a past midnight. It's a past, it is after midnight, like Eric Clapton said. It's a terrible reference. What the fuck? Sorry. Uh... We just watched Full Gear, AEW's Full Gear 2020. Sure did. And uh, I'm DJ. I'm here with Brett, Hello. as usual. Brett, What's how up? are you? Uh, it, was, it was a lot of wrestling. It was a ton of wrestling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we just finished it not that long ago. It was a very long pay-per-view. Uh, but more importantly, Brett, we have uh, two guests. Do we? We do. Uh, I teased two guests. You, sh- you did. Without asking these guests if they were ever going to come on the show. Uh, sort of my way of blackmailing them and making them not let us down. Wow. And frankly, it worked. How manipulative. Right, yeah, I Doug? Can't, I can't say that Hi. word. Doug's here. Hello. Hi, Hello Doug. D- hey, hey, Doug. How hey. are you, Doug? I'm all right. Doug, how, how many you? matches do you think you're going to be able to talk about? Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Between being outside and falling asleep, yeah, I'm coming in uh, somewhat. Uh, I'm fighting from underneath tonight. That's all right. Doug got a belly full of pizza and wings, and I put them out. That was it. That was yeah. the end of it all. I'm also a tired old man. That is true. You That's are. why we call you grampy when you're asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um. You fucking old. <laughs> also here, uh, the uh, the man who runs the soon-to-be-named network. Without him, it do- this doesn't work. The CEO, the CFO, the CBO. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Todd Roker. <laughs> the executive vice president of Thrill Zone. <laughs> uh, this is actually canonically uh, episode 76 of this show. <laughs> Good when to know. I, I email them every week on the show, and I always title the email what they number it and what the actual real number yes. is. Yeah. Because I'm my OCD and uh, whatever. Right. And I had to look it up on my phone uh, real quick so I got the number correctly. Because if I said the wrong number here... And then I wouldn't be like I probably, I probably wouldn't sleep for like a month. Uh, well, that is everyone knows that is Joe Sposto, the uh, the host of A Todd's with Wrestling and Longbox Heroes. Uh, he is here, uh, graces with his presence to give us the old Sposto bump on listenership here. We'll see. <laughs> uh, and we all just watched uh, Full Gear together. We yes, did. We did. So, uh, Except for Doug washing his eyelids. Well, yeah. that's, that's all he had his focus on. Yeah, that's all right. We'll forgive him. Do you want to so, just get into this yeah, shit? Yeah, I mean, we got nothing else to talk about. Let's just get through this card we yeah. just watched. Yeah, not no. like there's any news going on in the world. Today. No, not at all. Nothing important happened today whatsoever. Not that I know of. To uh, date and timestamp this, I guess, uh, Saturday Night Live is airing live on the West Coast, which people are like, oh, this doesn't happen very often. Oh. And I, like, you know what? And I'll shit on Saturday Night Live because it stinks. Okay. But it's hosted by Dave Chappelle yes. with Foo Fighters on. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's like right up my alley, which is the year 1992 to 2000. <laughs> right. Do you, you want to go watch it and we'll just do this? No. Or? Okay. All right. No. Useless. I, have, I have it recorded on the DVR. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll catch the clips on YouTube tomorrow. Yeah. Useless side note the night after the election in 2016, Dave Chappelle also hosted. Hosted. So when I first saw them announce that, I'm like, "It's a bad oh, omen." Yeah, this yeah. is not making me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> well, thankfully that didn't turn out that way. But wrestling, everyone, professional wrestling, yeah, full gear. All right, full gear. Let's, Brett, you better start leading this thing off here. You don't want to. You put us through these matches. I don't know what happened. That's true. Pre-show He's match. Down on a piece of paper. Yeah, 
Scum, nice line. Scumbag. What? I do have, yeah. And I just right. did the thing that I hate the most. I whispered in the whispered microphone. On a podcast. God yep. fucking damn it. it. It doesn't matter, Joe. <laughs> Joe, it doesn't matter. Nobody listens to this podcast anyway. God, don't say that either. <laughs> Shit. We're just hitting all of Joe's pet peeves right now. Yeah. <laughs> we can put this up on Anchor FM when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. Lazy sons of bitches. It may look like I'm recording this through a microphone, but really I'm recording it through my cell phone in my pocket <laughs> so that I can load it right up to Anchor FM. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. As soon as I get home, I'm going to go right and review on Apple. <laughs> you know, you got to help with that algorithm yeah. for us there. If we all leave 20 reviews tonight, then I'm sorry. Oh, I, have a compl- I have a sickness. I understand. I'm sorry. Full gear, everyone. I'm sorry. It's going to be a disaster. All right. Let's get into it. Pre-show, buy-in shit. Uh, end of it, women's title match. The champ, Serena D. Right, the most important women's title in AEW. <laughs> fucking apparently. Uh, challenger, Allison K, the former Sienna in TNA. I uh, don't know where else she... Oh, she was on NWA Power. Yeah. Yeah, Power. And she's um, from the indies and stuff. Yeah. You know, she had a, a good run there, you know. I saw her on, uh, what was it, Blood Sport 2 from Josh Barnett. I think she had a match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, Serena Deep wins uh, via submission. I guess she calls it the Serenity Lock. Sure. Okay. Uh, more importantly, I guess after the match, uh, Thunder Rosa comes out, and holy shit, they're advancing NWA women's title match uh, storylines further than they are their own. I uh, I saw someone online say it was nice of NXT to let Thunder Rosa come down and do this spot for them. Um, I don't review pre-show matches because they're not real. Okay. This match was fine. Yeah. A little slow-paced. You know, they should have, like, did a little bit more poppy action, like, kept it, like, not poppy the NXT superstar as well, <laughs> but, like, kept it, like, around six minutes, you know, I don't know. Somebody somebody write the, the timestamp down for Ed from Pop Van Dam to let him know we talked about poppy. Yeah, that's official. Yeah. Doug, what did you think of the match? It was good. <laughs> what was your favorite you part? Even, you didn't even know these people wrestling tonight. When there was the big move that... There wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, I took my hand right there. She should, I will say this, Serena D, before she locks in her finisher, she should yell, Serenity now, and then yes, lock it in. Yes. Right. Maybe yeah, air some grievances. You're right. Yeah. First match of the pay-per-view here. Uh, finals of the AEW World Championship title eliminator tournament. The Hangman, Adam Page, versus Kenny Omega. Uh, they ran the package with Cinderella. How much do you think the rights were to get that Cinderella song? Well, it's 2020, so... Ham sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> That's about right. Twenty bucks and a ham sandwich. Yeah. Right. Could you name any of the members of Cinderella right now? Anyone here? I, I don't think I've ever no. been able to name any member yeah. of Cinderella. Right. See, Cinderella, I think, is in the same pantheon as your poisons. I can name every member. Right. Of That's the thing. <laughs> and I would say that is Cinderella better than or worse than Poison? Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're worse, right? Right. I mean. I know. I Cinderella didn't write on Skinny Bob. Okay, yeah. but I'm just saying I think we as a country, as a nation, need to come together and pay more respect to the members of Cinderella, okay. whose names I don't, I also <laughs> right. don't know. But like, why do I know who Brett Michaels is and I don't know who the lead singer of Cinderella is? That's, that's true. A fair that's point. true. That's yeah, a very I, mean, I know who point. Bobby Dahl is and I have no idea. Right. Like, I don't even know if Cinderella has a bass player. I feel like there's somebody in in Cinderella named Bobby Blaze. No, that's the guy who was in WCW Thunder and made the video game. I thought Bobby Blaze. It totally was. I thought Bobby Blaze was in Warrant. I, I'm, that's why I'm saying I might be wrong. I might be right. I don't know. I'm just okay. grasping straws here. All right. They were very, they were very lovely. I want to go play WCW Mayhem and win the title with Bobby Blaze. All right. Not, nobody wants to play that game of Kim's Terror. Right. I like so, that after the day we've had. This is what Joe wants the country to rally around. Right. <laughs> Cinderella. Well, we already won one thing. Let's do another. All right. Run and roll. Yeah. Okay. So the current members oh, of Cinderella oh, oh, are Tom Kiefer. 
Okay. Eric Brittenham and Jeff Labar. Is there a three-piece? That seems weird. That's what it's... Oh, that, well, then, like, when you look on their uh, Wikipedia article, it lists, like, 17 cast <laughs> band members. Okay. Uh, but current is uh, those, and then Fred Corey would hmm. be as well. And then all those other people are uh, touring people. Oh. There's right. a guy, one of the touring guys' name is Gary Nuts. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> but Tom Kiefer, Eric Brittenham, Jeff Labar, okay. and Fred Corey. We should know and respect their I names. I feel like a Tom Kiefer's a name that I know from, it sounds familiar to me. Kiefer's Army Navy? No. Kiefer's from Springfield, Kiefer Pennsylvania? Yes. Okay. Oh. Well, I mean, Poison's from Mechanicsburg. So. Yeah, right. All there right. you go. This, this, this wow. started a hair metal podcast. Yeah, it could. Yeah, I think it did. Give Eddie Trunk a call so we can get him on the blower. <laughs> I was actually getting well anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, so I once I once saw Eddie Trunk at a at a show in New Jersey. Stanhope at House. the Stanhope House, and I was like, everybody's like surrounding him for an autograph. I'm like, who's over there? And I saw, him, and I was like, ah, oh, Eddie Trunk, who cares? Oh, yeah, come on now. And he left before the the main band went on. I feel like I've seen a member of Thin Lizzy back in 1985. Same, same impact. All right. I like Thin Lizzy, but whatever. It's neither here nor there. What okay. the fuck is going on? I can name at least one member of Thin Lizzy, so. I can't. Okay. Lizzy. I was going to go Thin, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, we got two. Moving right along. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, what match are we talking about? I have no idea. Number one contenders match. Yes. We're uh, on <laughs> the first match. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, the first match. All right. Uh, Kenny Omega wins against the Hangman. Yeah. Uh, Shocker. No, like, fuck around. No dirty means. Beat him straight up. I mean, why start with the story now? Oh, man. Now, I was worried that I was going to come off as, like, being too mean and pe being too negative. But, like, listening to the normal episodes of the show as yeah. I do, you guys are really down on most of the AEW storylines. And with good gods, because most of them are terrible. Yes. Sure are. Uh, I thought this match was good. I like the match a lot. Um, yep. You know, but it's weird to see Kenny, who's supposed to be in this position of whatever he is, in the opener on the pay-per-view... Um, and in a theme of the night, somebody's leg gets hurt, and that's a majority of the match, and there was at least six different spots where they could have finished the match to save a little bit more for another time down the road somewhere else, but I can't say that this match was bad. I, I, I enjoyed this match. Right. Yeah, it, it went 16 minutes, but it didn't feel no, like it. No, absolutely it didn't, not. It did not overstay its welcome whatsoever. Uh, Hangman definitely obviously held, held his own against Omega, yeah. I thought, for sure. Yeah. This was the most sort of... New Japan of both of them that we've seen, I think. Like, back to that form of the sort of stuff they were doing when they were over there. Yeah, to the point where Don Callis was even on commentary. Right, which is the Jackal. <laughs> Who's the, the Jackal? jackal? <laughs> yes. So I did that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I like this match. I think it was good. I think they both did a lot of good stuff in it, but it did not feel like the match that was the blow-off of former tag team champions who had turned on one another and then fought their way through a tournament to get here. It just didn't it, it didn't feel like that. Yeah, that one winged angel is protected as hell. Yeah. So Doug, what were your thoughts on the match? From what I saw, it looked like a Kenny Omega match. Okay. That's it was very true. I, I mean, it, he hit a lot of the stuff I was expecting to see. Hangman didn't look too bad. I granted I was watching it without sound from outside. But Good, we locked you outside. We were sick of your yeah, shit. I don't blame you, I'm sick yeah. of my shit. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, it was it wasn't anything terrible. It was not. I still long for the days of Kenny Omega of like the Okada feud times from sure. a couple years back. Yeah, but sure. he still doesn't seem like he cares enough to perform on that level. This or was the whatever. closest we got. Um, and I don't know if it's a care thing. I think it's more of a uh, I don't want to die thing. Like I don't want to blow my knees out or my back out anymore for American wrestling. I'm just gonna. You know, I did my thing. I'm going to take it easy here because I can get away with doing less in the U.S. A fair point, given the fact that I'm sure the paychecks are not as high as when he was main eventing, you know, wrestle. Well, I don't know. He's an, he's, a, he's an EVP of the company. Yeah. Yeah, but you're still talking about New Japan's top show of the year. I don't know. Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. Show me some paperwork and we'll talk. 
when these are off, I'll give you yeah. a, I'll give you an idea. All right. Well, all right. I think with Omega, like, yeah, I agree. This is probably his best singles match. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the only singles matches he's had in a yeah. long time. Um, hopefully they get back to Omega of, like, 2016, 2017 era. Because I used to love that guy. Yeah. Um, but to this point, the energy is gone. Like, from him. He doesn't have that energy that he had even for himself. Do you think he's kind of like, okay, my name's Bill. I don't need to go, like, balls to the wall anymore? I think it's more so that there hasn't been a proper build to a match in AEW that deserves for him to go balls to the wall. Like, in the opening match in the pay-per-view, okay, if this match was properly built and maybe later on the card, give it 30 minutes. But opening match, like, maybe when they do him and the winner of the main event which they set up at the end of this show, that'll be the 30-minute match because they kind of intimated that Kenny's like, it's going to be like a regular wrestling match. Yeah, uh, Maybe true. that'll be the one. Very Do true. you think there's any sort of... Um, I had all the offers in the world on the table for me a year ago and I decided to go into a business with my friends and now they all piss me off. <laughs> well, I don't know. They seem to all get along, on, at least in front of the cameras, except for one guy. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, there was a segment on Dynamite where four people were in the ring together, but a certain person was missing. Huh. Who could that be? Well, he travels with a family, so it's tough for them all to be in the ring at the same time, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe he's getting his hair dyed. Oh, or undyed. <laughs> Next match, John Silver versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, is this John Silver's first singles match in AEW, I think? No, they've given him like one or two yeah. on Dark. Have they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah but so this is supposed to be pre-show. Yeah. And when they booked the Allison K sort of deep match, they moved this up to the main card. This probably could have stayed on the pre-show as much as I love OC and John Silver. Um, at, in hindsight, this long-ass pay-per-view, they could have put that on the pre-show, too. I don't know. I, I think Orange Cassidy deserves to be on pay-per-view. I do, too. But, you know, a lot of other stuff, and there was no... There's a very, very minor storyline behind this. Like, it's, it has, it's not swelled up yet. It's, uh, I, I can see what you mean by yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, Orange Cassidy gets the win. goes a little under 10 minutes. Uh, it's good. Yeah, of I mean, course it's good. Great. Yeah, They're like the underdogs of the company. I mean, OC has already taken over the company, essentially. Uh, but, like, John Silver's talented enough to get that sort of run, get that sort of recognition. He's, I think he's that talented and that entertaining of a guy. We were talking about him on the regular show this week, about how he's getting his character over on that show that uh, only nerds watch. Um, so, like, that's what's getting him booked on TV, because he's building his own characters, and then you can see him have good matches, because the Raw Dog is awesome. Yeah. And they really pushed. They really pushed him. They gave him a huge showcase. Yeah. The match was primarily John Silver, mm-hmm. just kind of like beating the shit out of Orange Cassidy until Orange Cassidy made his comeback at the end and hit all of his hot moves with the Z. And even after the match was over, you know, like Orange Cassidy, they do the whole thing with the best friends and the hug. But like Jr. gives John Silver like the big push at the end. Says like, if you have stock in a person, it's John Silver. He's gonna be a superstar. And like that's huge. Yeah. You know, to give him that position on pay per view, and I think because. What this match was intended to do is attempt to move John Silver up to that next level. It couldn't have been on the pre-show. It needed to be part of the main event or the right. main show. Uh, but I, I completely get you. Like I said, yeah. I think this match, if the intent wasn't to move John Silver to that next point, yeah. um, it could have been on the pre-show. And I think it would have been a hotter match on the pre-show to try to get people to buy the actual pay-per-view, which is what the pre-show is supposed to be, not just a thing of like uh, random stuff. Right. Where they bury women's matches it's just i don't know man the whole logic behind the pre-show just being like hey here's an nwa women's championship match like listen i'm happy that like that whole the the bridge is supposedly down or whatever and you're willing to work with other companies yeah but i don't know it just seems like a weird like you could have done that on a dynamite i don't know if you could like if that needed to be on a pre-show uh it's it's interesting that in 2020 um uh, a company that uh has tv on tnt that is constantly beating consistently beating the wwe in ratings head-to-head that night um 
brings in wrestlers where they need an open agreement and a good relationship with Billy Corgan to get it done. <laughs> it's an interesting, it's a sentence I wouldn't have ever guessed. I, I wish the members of Cinderella had a wrestling promotion that <laughs> right. they could open up the bridges. Well, let's let's talk to Tim Tim Kiefer, Tom, Tom Kiefer. Tom Kiefer. Let's, get, let's just we'll instill him as a install him as a figurehead somewhere. <laughs> so we can find so we can find somebody with a license in Northeast Pennsylvania that's not using it. The one spot that jumped out at me during that match was John Silver tearing the pockets. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how long they had the idea for that. They were sitting on it like let's hold on to that for something special. Right. So that. Right. Yeah, that jumped out at me. Yeah. And the one-armed gorilla press slam. Oh, God, I feel bad for O.C.'s balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at that, and that's all I can think of. I was like, oh, God, dude, oh, man. <laughs> no, if you looked, he had him kind of like in the midsection, yeah. almost. And oh, he was, was posting really well for it. Oh, so. God, my balls. Oh, God, my balls. <laughs> I like that you would just assume there that John Silver would not uh, cradle them properly. Like he's some I sort think of if anyone knew him cradle, yeah, John Silver's a yeah. ball cradler. Yeah, yeah. He's, no, <laughs> he's no uncouth swine. Yeah. He knows how to cradle balls when needed to. All right, good. He's better than a Brock Lesnar, so I'll give him, well, we'll give him that then. Oh, 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 oh. Wow. Oh, baby. <laughs> match three. John's fired. <laughs> match three, TNT Championship match. The, ch- the challenger Darby Allen, the champ Cody Rhodes. Darby comes uh, to the ring and is beat up Mazda or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, <laughs> was it a Mazda? I don't know. It was an old It was just a, <laughs> just okay. a piece of shit. All right. Uh, Cody, it, was an e- it was an eagle talent. <laughs> <laughs> Cody comes out with his whole goddamn family. Yes. Uh, the, even the new members. The yeah. The gun club. Oh, my God. Uh <laughs> so bad uh cody rhodes officially yes back by the way like right after he did that conference call he was like i don't know if i'm gonna use the rhodes last name for wrestling uh-huh. and then th- like two days later yeah it's cody rhodes yep like i mean that's it, it, it's a smart decision i too would also not want to use one of the most recognizable names in wrestling history <laughs> uh to help prop up my ego and try and get some sort of good favor on the fact that my father was one of the best to ever do it Joe, with this match, uh, did he earn his his Rhodes name back? No. <laughs> um, match was good. Yeah. It was probably one of the better Cody matches I've seen in a long time. And it's probably just because Cody just was given the opportunity because of the size differential between him and Darby. Yeah. That he was able to just kind of like beat the shit out of Darby and do a bunch of whole cool, like a bunch of cool shit that Cody will not and cannot do to anyone else. Right. Darby will die for you in that right. ring and it makes you look better. So. It made Cody look really, really impressive in the match, of yeah. course. And uh, Brett mentioned Co- uh, Darby won. Yeah, right. And uh, it was plus three. Plus on, three. On plus three. Scale, plus on the three, DJ scale. On the on the DJ scale. On the dude scale, trademarked. Yeah, the roll up finish. You match went stars. like seventeen minutes yeah. too, which I was it's, a fan of the actually going that long. It's funny to see Cody like with the ego that he has and the wrestler that he thinks he is. Like, Cody is, like, the wrestling equivalent of the guy who does a group project in high school. Like, and the group project gets an A, but it's not because of him. It's because he's, he happens to be paired up with the smart kids. Because, like, like, if you go back through his recent history, he's been having really good matches. But it's because it's with the best wrestlers on the roster. Because Darby will die for him. He just had two matches in a row with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Bro- Kingston, Brody Lee, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The guys I, will give you everything. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like he's booking himself in matches with guys who are going to make him look good. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> a, a, a mutual think? friend of all of ours texted me like seconds after the match was over and said, "Leave it to Cody, who looks at Triple H's heel run in 2004 and said that's something to emulate." <laughs> but the thing is, I don't think Cody realizes that he's doing it. Like 
as much right. as everyone, and even he's like, well, I don't want to be compared to my father. And then yeah. the the shots that they take at WWE, like he's more like Triple H at peak worst Triple H yeah. than Triple H could ever dream to be. Yeah. You know, because Triple H, while he had maybe had a lot of stroke, at the end of the day, Vince McMahon was the one making all the, the calls. We're at AEW. Cody has a lot of stroke. And I would certainly say that when it comes to Cody's stuff, he has the final say over it. Right. Yeah. So he can go out there and handpick his opponents to make him look yeah. like a million bucks. I mean, he did in a conference call say that his father allegedly booked himself on top. So Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a shock finish. Yeah, great. Came out of nowhere. The right finish. Yeah. Now, I, I really think Darby, even coming into this with the build, and like say what you will about the build, I think the promo packages on TV and leading up to this made it feel as though that this was like such a, a more substantial feud than it actually was because outside of like three or four weeks ago when they announced like Darby was going to be wrestling for the title, I don't think him and Cody had touched for like months. It's been a long time. Yeah. Right. So it was like, hey, this thing that we started all these months ago that really wasn't a thing, we're going to start again and hope to get it to the pay-per-view to make it mean something. And they did because, mm-hmm. again, Cody's a name and it wasn't like a bunch of like screw jobby stuff. Darby beat him fair and square right. clean of the ring and Cody generously, you know, kind of gave the title to him. And I thought that was surprising. But yeah. I like so it was one of those things where like Cody had to lose the title here. And as much as we all shit on him and say it's the Cody Rhodes vanity title, which it is, he had to lose the title here. Because if he beat Darby here, Darby's dead in the water. Yeah. Right. You, he's unrepairable. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and it is, it's it's interesting that without, like, I think putting a ton of thought or uh, real, like, time into it, Darby has become Cody's best feud in that company. Just because of the matches they've had and the story they've told just in who wins and who loses, as opposed to doing vignettes against each other like he did with Brody or the thing where OC gets a title match, to, the, you know, the rematch next week because he went to time limit and everything. This is actually the most interesting thing that Cody has, has done long term, and it's just because he beat a guy like three times that he shouldn't have beat. Mm-hmm. So it just it worked. I liked it. Good thoughts? Good match back and forth. Uh, nice playing off of each other with Cody trying to use the size and the strength and uh, Darby uh, going for the speed and everything like that. And, of course, Darby having absolutely no fucking regard for his health right. and well-being whatsoever. No. He's fun to watch because he moves. He doesn't move like anybody else. Like I mean, he moves like a cruiserweight. And we've seen guys do flips and all that sort of stuff. But he just he moves differently. He does stuff differently. He moves more like a stuntman in the ring. Someone he's doing like his evades and stuff. He's, he's, he's very entertaining to watch. The, the back-end stuff on the match overshadowed the match itself, too. Yeah, yeah because uh, after the match, Taz comes out mm-hmm. cuts a scathing promo. He called him a bunch of dingling jabronis. Yeah. <laughs> bunch of bitches. Boys, boys, boys. <laughs> bunch of bitch asses. <laughs> Tells him to get to the back. Enough of this bullshit. Right. Uh, to which... Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, a.k.a. Taz's Maniacs, yes. Team Taz, whatever the fuck you want to call yeah. them. They beat up uh, Cody and Darby. Doug, your thoughts on Ricky Starks' attire, please. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Doug was, it was hot. The best. Doug was hot about it because he was wearing the same thing just to sit right. on the couch and watch the pay yeah. review. Yep. <laughs> He looks like he raided my closet, and he also looked like an ecstasy dealer from 1999. 
So, yeah, it was fantastic. What do you and, mean looked like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they... Benefit uh, of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. They carried Darby out, like, into the crowd area, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Put him through that weird, like, light fixture, I guess, kind of thing. I think it's yeah. supposed like, to be a spotlight, but it's yeah. like a wooden box with, like, a piece of plexiglass yeah. on it. yeah. It's like the world's cheapest bat signal. (laughs) (laughs) Something clearly not designed for somebody to get thrown through. Right. (laughs) Yeah, they uh, drag Darby on top of his car, and they're about to break his arm. But Will Hobbs shows up. Kind of. Sort of, and almost slams the door on Darby's arm anyway. And then Taz slowly gets away. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of waddles up the the rampway. It's funny because we talked about it uh, on the show uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, and we talked about it sort of in private, like my sort of not buying Taz as a tough guy. It's a shame. Uh, but, like, this promo I was into, and I'm like, oh, this is a good, like, all right, I get it. Like, Taz, is, it, this one helped. And then he waddles up the ramp away from Will Hobbs, and I'm like. <laughs> Looking like the he's, fucking he's, penguin he's the, trying yeah, to get away. He's the baked potato penguin, and I'm like, just get away from me. Like, <laughs> this is you. awful. Like, just like, he's immediately back to just, like, you, you'll just, you'll die. You're not listen, tough. Listen. DJ, if Taz was here right now yeah. and you got down on your knees, uh-huh. he would lock on that Katsaha Jemang yeah. and you'd be out. Right. Uh, listen, if Taz was here right now, I'd go to my closet and get my Taz baseball jersey that I 100% have in there. <laughs> and I would put that on and be like, dude, I love you. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I got the orange on the microphone. I'm your biggest fan. You're a fan of baked potatoes. I am. I love baked potatoes. I love penguins. Well, he'd, co- he'd come in and see you talking to an orange screen on your microphone. He's like, eh, somebody didn't get the memo. And then he'd choke you. And then he'd say, right. come down here yeah. and I'll choke you out. Right. <laughs> get down on your knees so I can reach. Yeah. All right, now move that stool over. <laughs> somebody want to give me yo, a boost? Hey, hey, yo, you got a stepladder in here? <laughs> yeah, hold on. I love Taz it. very much. I, I say these things I'll, out of love. Same. I love him so much. There's <laughs> one thing I do hope for to come out of all of this. Because the Nightmare family seems to grow by, like, what, six or seven members every week or <laughs> yeah. so? Uh-huh. So I'm hoping now, going forward, Darby Allen will get pulled into the Nightmare family. Oh, God. But when they do, like, their whole big group thing where they come out wearing their matching tracksuits, yeah. he looks like the moody 16-year-old of the family <laughs> with his just a sullen, sour look on his face All and right. his arms crossed. I like it. They make him do awkward family photos. Yeah. And, like, he never wants to be in, so he's always facing a different way from everyone else. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, they're all wearing matching Christmas sweaters, and he's dressed like... <laughs> Like uh, the yeah. uh, the Delia from uh, or the daughter from uh, Beetlejuice, right? <laughs> we go backstage. Uh, QT Marshall and good old Dustin. They talk shit about Allie. Great, she's a hussy, a harlot, a Jezebel, whatever you'd like to say. Uh, they announce that uh, Dynamite. There's going to be a bunkhouse match. Oh yeah, and I'm super happy. Butcher and Blade going up against uh, what the hell's her name? Natural Nightmares. Natural Nightmares. Yes. Interesting. I liked if you went online and searched Twitter, you would see how many people are asking what a bunkhouse match is. <laughs> and the general, the general answer is they just wear jeans. With knee pads over them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, QT Marshall cut maybe the worst promo I've ever seen in my life <laughs> that's, that's, on a major pay-per-view. It's the Thorazine kid. What do you got? Uh, the man who gravity despises. <laughs> and then, like, Dustin had, like, call his own shot and, like, cut, like, a hot, fired-up promo and everything. Yeah. And I'm as as excited as I am for the match this upcoming Wednesday. I'm more excited to see what the Butcher's bunkhouse gear is going to look <laughs> right. like. Well, he, he, tonight he compared himself to uh, Henry O. Godwin, so. Yes. I and mean, that's. 19 mentions of the Godwins on this podcast. This Wednesday history. he'll look yes. like Phineas Godwin. I hope so. Oh, what if him and the Blade uh, him and the Blade come out looking like Southern Justice? Oh my God. <laughs> or Shanghai Pierce and Slasinger. 
<laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, wow. baby, let's go. All right, let's do it. The new, new, new Texas hangman. <laughs> That's I, incredible. What is the chances of AEW just making references that no one else will get? Like, just picking random, pe- random things throughout wrestling history and just going, yeah, this is the... You know, the whatever. This is the Chris Champion episode where everyone does one thing that Chris Champion did. <laughs> everybody does everyone, the crane kick. Everyone, does it. everyone has a feathered mullet and does yeah, the right. crane kick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> everybody just comes out and cuts a promo about how now they're all from the future. Yeah. <laughs> your You're on to something. Right. All right. Right. Oh, yeah. They have a backstage segment where they come across Cody Rhodes and, and mention that he's the son of a former president. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. they, they all come out. They talk about how they want to go back to 1999 yeah. when Dusty Rhodes was president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. God. Weren't New Breed from 2005? Were they? I don't know. I think it was 2005 okay. well, that they were from, where right. Dusty was the president. Where Dusty was yes. president, yeah. That would have been a better world, God damn it. Oh. Match four, AEW Women's Championship match. Nyla Rose against the champ, Hikaru Shida. Uh, damn, this thing went like 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. Built every minute of it. So, Shida retained, mm-hmm. which... Uh, we talked about it on like Thursday, but like, I don't, is there anybody else even in this fucking it's, division? No, it's, <laughs> like, it's the right decision in a bad situation. Because now I feel like Nyla's dead. Yeah, I, I feel like there's nothing left there. Yeah, her um, Mega Man gear was really good though. Yeah, yeah, I liked her. I liked her gear. Um, I mean, after the match, like Vicky smacked her, and Nyla didn't fuck her up. Right. That and I think that weakens Nyla, and I guess that's the story they're gonna go with. Where you know, because I was like, she's gonna maybe she's gonna crush Vicky and face turn. Yeah, maybe. Why? Okay, maybe okay. they're gonna follow oh, up on a women's true. angle. <laughs> right. that's you know what I mean? But Brandy Rhodes isn't involved yet, so chances Yet's. are they'll follow uh, up on it. Oh my god! But if like if on Dynamite, like they're backstage and like Brandy approaches Nyla and it's like, I can't believe Vicky did that to you. I'm like, it's dead. They're dead in the water. It's over. Well, the match itself was good, and then like the last five minutes Fell happened, apart. and it just went off. I was the in, I was into this match until until they all until Nyla decided to not put energy into kicking out. Well, and, and I, I she said got like, a little confused. I feel like you can't give them two minute matches like squash matches right. every three to four weeks, and then just be like, "Here you go, Here, go go wrestle for fourteen minutes." Right. Like it just. Because I don't think they're getting reps anywhere else. No. no you know? They're not, like, yeah, they're, they're not on the road. This, yeah. this was another match that overstated its welcome. Yep. This is a match that also fe- uh, factored around the baby face being in peril due to like an injury to their leg. Mm-hmm. Um, as Brett mentioned, like it fell off the rails. But like a chunk of the match was built around Sheeta trying to suplex Nyla Rose. Yeah. And during the match, she suplexes Nyla Rose with the bum wheel. That could have been the finish, and it wasn't. Right. Then they she gives her a superplex. That could have been the finish. And then it goes like three to four minutes after that, and that's where it fell apart. Vicky screws up grabbing the leg. Mm-hmm. Nyla just kind of like lackadaisical through the rest of the match. And it's someone they need to have someone a little bit better as a ring general for the women's stuff to be able to be like, okay, wrap this up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's falling apart. Like, we can't let it go further. We need to stop it, cut it in its tracks. And you make a great point on everything regarding – they're wrestling two-minute matches once, you know, once a taping every two weeks or whenever it is that they do dark. Then giving them seven times, ten times the amount of time that they have there on a pay-per-view is just like cutting their legs out from underneath them. It's killing the division before it gets a chance to uh, go to the next step. And you can move Nyla 
to start going against the NWA women's people. Right. Against Serena Deeb, against yeah. Allison Kay or whatever like that. And they have signed a bunch of other women, but the problem is they're not really doing anything with them. No. no. You know, they signed Ivelisse uh, and Diamante, and since they they were signed, they've been in the crowd singing Judas. Right. Yeah. And that's it for like the last month. Yep. Um, I think we saw Faye Jackson in the crowd. Yeah. And like, I think a Faye Jackson versus Nyla Rose match, match program, whatever, yeah. would be interesting. Is it going to happen? Who the fuck knows? Right. It's just that the women's division is such a, a huge question mark right now, and it's like they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I don't know who is in charge of it. I don't know what's in charge of it, but they really need to fucking like get a plan, right. make an outline, and fucking stick to it. And it's tough during the pandemic era, testing people for COVID. Who knows if yeah. someone's going to be available in two weeks if they test positive? Well, and this is this division is bounced to ownership through behind the scenes, right? Because originally, like, when Rio was there, it was Kenny's thing. And then Kenny was kind of done with it, and then they gave it to Brandy, right? And it was and, Brandy's thing for a little while. And from while. what I understand now, it's Dustin's thing. Okay. At least matches, it's Dustin. Right. Um, well, I mean, in, on paper, that's a good thing, so we'll see. Um, and seeing Faye Jackson in the crowd is cool because she's someone who is a talented wrestler who also has a personality who can get that across, doesn't necessarily even need promos to get that across. Um, and I think that helps a little. I think some of the personality in the women's division struggles a little bit. Um, one, because maybe everyone's not as experienced. And two, because they don't bother to give them any time to do it. Um, but Yeah, it, it, I kind of felt like it harkened back to the last AEW pay-per-view we all watched together when it was uh, Nyla versus Statlander. Yeah. And when Statlander was real sick, and they still were like, hey, here's 15 minutes. Right. Like, I don't know if, like, they can do the 15-minute thing right now. It's no. it's and tough. This is, like, what, the second or third time she just wrestled Nyla yeah. in the history of the company. So, like, if you pair them up again, there's nothing else they can do. We've literally seen them do everything. You know, I think, Joe, you had mentioned a few times when we were watching, like, what's left for the next match? Yeah. Nothing. You know, cut the match short, finish it with the, one of the suplexes, and then you have stuff you can pull off in another match. Them, they can't face each other. Like, this shouldn't even have been a thing because Nyla had already wrestled her twice for it. Um, but yet they could just there's nowhere to go. We've seen everything we can possibly see out of these people. you got to start moving stuff around. And they didn't advance where the title's going after this, where the program's going. There was no Britt Baker, no Penelope Ford, you know, none of that. So what are they – well, where are they going to go? Are they just going to do – Deeb versus Sheeta, title on title, because they think that'll bring people in. Uh, I'm assuming they signed Allison Kay. Uh, maybe. They haven't officially announced right. anything yet, but I would assume so. Um, you know, so unless they're bringing in indie talent to help this women's division while they need it, uh, what are they doing? Are they just in a holding pattern until Statlander gets back? I mean, clearly they have big plans for Statlander before she got hurt. It, it would make but... sense that it's Britt as the next challenger, but right. Britt hasn't been on TV in right. like... Two weeks, right. no mention of her on the on the on the pay per view, yeah. and tons of people who weren't on the pay per view got promo time to set up stuff for TV, except for Brett. Right, yeah, and she's only been getting better with all this promos yes. and stuff. Yep, and they they don't use her. I don't. I I just don't get it. Yeah. it's really weird. But I think another problem with it is, and before we let Doug, if I don't think we would notice as much. Mm -hmm. If NXT's women's division right. wasn't so good, very yeah. true. If, women, very if, true. if we did not have NXT's women's division, we were just comparing it to like Raw and SmackDown's women's divisions, which are not bad, but they're not great. They're there, you know. Okay, like Bailey and Sasha have been having really good matches, but now like 
Right. Sasha moves on to fucking Carmella, right? Oh, really? Right. Oh, is that what's oh. going on? That's Yikes. the next level of her program, right? <laughs> so, like, okay, so that... AEW's women division don't look so bad now, right? (laughs) NXT is just like unreal with their women's division. And that was their plan going ahead. Like when this head-to-head stuff happened, I was told both privately and publicly that NXT is going to like triple down on their women's division and shove it up AEW's ass. And they've done it. Right. Absolutely. Um, It's, yeah. I mean, that's that's a very good point because we are spoiled with just a oh, lot of yeah. great women's wrestling on NXT. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to watch every week. Yeah. For me, the match, I didn't like it even from the start. Okay. Everything felt slow. It felt off. This was actually the match where I first started struggling to keep my eyes open, truth be told. Okay. I wanted to like it more than I did, but yeah. I just wasn't feeling it. And I... Hello, cat. Stop being a baby. uh, You hear that in the background. My cat every week makes an appearance. Uh, She's killed something, like a toy, and is showing it off. Yeah, trying to get get some respect. It's true. Yeah, I've just, the last couple of times I've watched Nyla Rose matches, I've just, God damn it, I don't know what she's missing, but I feel like she's a step off on something. Maybe she needs to hit up the cardio harder. Maybe it's the person she's working with. I don't know exactly, but yeah, yeah I just haven't been feeling it lately. Uh, yeah, I I think Sheeta is. I think they're both good. I think Sheeta's really good, but I do sometimes question um, communication barrier, language barrier, kind of when when things happen in her matches when they go off the rails or get messed up. I'm often like, whose inexperience is this? Yeah, fair and point. it's kind of hard hard for me to tell. Yeah, next match. AEW World Tag Team Championship match. The match we're all looking forward to. Yeah. FTR versus the Young Bucks. That's not the name of the match. Or that's not the name of the teams. What's the name of the teams? Um, The Bald Baby and Baby with Hair versus wow. uh, Bald Buck and Buck with Hair. Wow. Okay. I like that. All right. So the giant human babies versus the dumb fucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, oh, God. This thing... It was over 28 minutes. Was it really? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was 28 minutes? 28 minutes. Wow. Uh, that makes me sad. And remember the stipulation. Sad, huh? <laughs> that's it? That's all it makes you? It's just sad? Just sad. Yeah. That's it. Interesting right. choice of feeling there. Uh-huh. Um, well, we, uh, we have new tag team champions. We do. And you know what they are? What are we're they? mad we're mad we're mad we're so mad we're gonna do mad things to people we're mad god damn it the young we're bucks mad. the young bucks i hate the young bucks <laughs> i really really do are the world tag team champions uh i don't know honestly we talked about it while we were watching it yeah um like FTR, I know they're capable of having a good match. Yeah, we talked about it. Their match against their American Alpha, even the shit they did with like they uh, had good AEW Gargano matches. and Champa. Yeah, like yeah, they have good matches on like Dynamites and stuff. Um, nothing that like has been blow away for me yeah. yet. No, but good. But and you know this is like the one where it's just like. This is hyped up. Mm-hmm. It's the dream match. If the Bucks don't win, we'll never wrestle for these titles ever again, and yeah. we'll just make our own. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like. All right, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Okay. I don't even know if I liked it. 
Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, at times I was a little wrapped up in it. Like, I was a little like, okay, I'm into this, like, pieces of it. Um, you know, the big thing going into this is we were all told that the the not bald buck has a pretty serious knee injury. Um, so, you know, he was going to take time off and the bald buck was going to get a singles run. Maybe that was all uh, nonsense. A ruse. A yes, ruse. a ruse, a uh, clever attempt to deceive you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there was times where I didn't hate this match, uh, as much as I don't like most of the people in it, I can at least say that I like watching FTR wrestle sometimes, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it's just, it was just the same thing. You know, we talked about it and I, I posed the question of like, if I, if I liked the young, the, if I liked wrestlers that were having the same exact match that young bucks have, like. Have it be the exact same thing, but two wrestlers I like. Would I like this stuff? And I just don't know. I just don't think it's the kind of wrestling for me. Like, and I know I, I feel like the story going forward is going to be, oh well, the one not fat baby bitch from FTR went for the springboard. <laughs> I'll never know their names. They write them on their jackets yeah. every week. The, the, I never know. He it. went for the springboard 450, which is yeah. like against their whole like right. you know, no flips, just fists right. shit. And that's what and that's that's, that's what like, bit him in the ass. That's in the two end. flips. Yeah, that's so. what bit him in the ass. He then he got super right. kicked by a okay. foot. Yes, and uh, that was their downfall. Right. Um, Joe, you mentioned it during the match. A lot of the moves just felt like we're just paying tag team tribute, like match. That's all we're doing. Right. And I learned tonight that the uh, revival guy with hair is uh, Daxter. And Dexter. the other one is Jax. <laughs> Isn't that like from the game that they, the PlayStation game, Jack and Daxter? <laughs> I think that's their names. At this point, you could tell me their names were like Tommy Allsup and Waylon Jennings. And I'd be like, yeah, right. sure, that, that sounds right. But uh, Revival with hair like was bumping like a madman in this match. He was, yes. So I really can't hate on the match a lot. And the general consensus online for this match was positive. Overly positive. Now, I will also say I'm not a fan of either team. I think the Bucks are overrated. I think the Revival's overrated. This this buildup has been bad. Oh, it's been terrible. Um, I really thought the Bucks were going to lose for all the reasons that Brett mentioned. Um, but they didn't, which is exactly, you know, what needed to happen, I assume. Uh, you know, being EVPs of the company. Like, if one EVP loses a belt, another one or ones have to pick up belts. Either way... Um, but this well, match... who, who has the budget for a, a new set of vanity belts, really? Right, exactly. Yeah. We're in a pandemic. Let's uh, tighten those uh, purse <laughs> right. strings. But this match was like a tribute to tag team wrestling of them doing all these moves, and that's great. But when you do all these moves, it makes me want to see the other people that originated these moves and do them better than you. Like, I would rather watch a Rockers, Brainbusters, uh, Madison Square, like MSG house show match from... 31 years ago, yeah. then watch either of these two teams attempt to emulate them. And the finish didn't work for me, dog, and I understand what the finish was supposed to be, but this was yet another time during the show. We mentioned before, uh, uh, a theme of the show was uh, babyface working over heel, or babyface being worked over because of a leg injury. Um, what else did we say was uh, another like theme that happened in like, every match? Oh, uh, the heel would constantly like be overconfident and like pose and take too much time, and the commentators would call it out, which is fine when it happens at a match. It happens in like six of the eight matches on the main show, yeah. where the heel is in charge, they gloat, they take too much time, right. and the commentators point it out. 
this was the match that had everything in it. Yeah. It was the match that the people who liked this sort of match were going to like. I didn't hate it, but I'm never going to watch this match again. And right. please don't make me watch this match. <laughs> so, like, so in theory, uh, a little inside baseball here, I guess. Ooh. And Joe, this is, I guess, most, mostly for you. But in theory, the locker room should at least give each other some sort of Hey, this is what I'm doing, right? Yeah, yeah. This is this is what we're gonna do. I, you know, I'm working the leg, I'm working the arm. We're gonna do this. We're gonna. Now they you know, did work the hand of yeah. the bald, ba- the fat bald baby. Right, that is true. Yeah, and he got <laughs> he bled a little, and yeah, uh, he's uh, he's he's fat. He's a fatter and balder baby but, than he ever was. But then they but. then they worked the hand of the Jericho match. Right, yeah, right. Oh so Jesus like, you fucking would, Christ, guys! <laughs> come like, on. Are, is, is it is it a case? And I, I don't know if we can answer this question, but. Is it a case of like the locker room honestly like not talking to each other? Is and is it because like they just don't want to like they don't, they want to pop the boys when they're out there, or they don't want to give anything away or have anybody kind of steal anything, or is it just like eh, whatever? It's it's just that sort of loosey goosey in the back. Like you guys will figure it out, your wrestlers. I think they care more about like hey moves, dude. Right. I think it's actually more that everyone kind of books their own shit. Like, we're told that Tony Khan's in charge, and if Tony Khan was in charge, like, I wouldn't have five matches on my show where the leg gets worked over. I wouldn't have two matches on the show where the hand gets worked over. I wouldn't have six instances of the heels being in control and the the announcers specifically citing that they shouldn't do this. Because it's going to cost them the match. And then it actually costs them the match six times. I'll give you two. Mm-hmm. Not six, but that's the thing. It's because everyone books their own shit. But I mean, they have a good roster of agents, though. And I was just about to ask, what? Who do you think this falls more on? Do you think it falls on Tony? Like, do you think he's just like, hey, here's the feuds, here's the finishes, work the rest of your own shit out? Yeah. Do you think it falls on the agents for not asserting themselves enough, or does it fall on the wrestlers for just being like, I'm going to do what the fuck I want? I, I mean, they. Uh, from a tag team standpoint, they have two of the best tag team wrestlers of all time on their roster, backstage and on camera. And these guys, maybe they're just not involved in it, like um, in that point. But like, you would think that these guys, instead of stealing moves from the Brainbusters, they would actually pick their brains about what makes good tag team wrestling. Doesn't seem like they do. Now these guys claim that they do. Yeah. But if you, and again, you know, as we're recording this. Um, before we started recording, the conf- the post-pay-per-view conference call was up. Okay. And the Bucks started off, and they said they've gone to Arn, they've gone to Tully to get a lot of input on their matches. But the problem is, like, they're getting input, but it's like, hey, Arn, what do you think we should do in the match? Well, I think you should do X, Y, and Z. And then they do A, B, and C. And then they sprinkle in X as yeah. opposed to X, Y, and Z. So, right. again, I think they're – and, again, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't – you could say that you're getting advice from these guys, but it doesn't look like you're getting advice from these guys. Right. Again, this is probably the most enjoyable Young Bucks match I've seen since their AEW run. It's maybe... Yeah. And again, I'm not saying it's good, but it's enjoyable. I didn't hate it. It was 28 minutes. It didn't feel like 28 minutes. No, it I felt... don't think it was 28 minutes at all. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I give them credit there at least, but yeah. you know, this is these were four guys not for me. In a match that wasn't for me, and so it exceeded my expectations. And and like you sort of touched on it before, but like it it's cool that they do they did all these tag team moves, um, but it just it feels like you're seeing a cover band. Like it's you know I, I've seen cover bands, I've had fun watching cover bands, but it's not the same. So it's just it's weird. 
Yes, Doug? No, I'm just thinking of all the shitty cover bands from the same. Completely right. uh, uh, nothing right. to do with the damn show. But you Sorry. Put, no, you but mean cyanide, a loving tribute to poison? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like but that's the thing. Like, like you know, you go there and yeah, alright, yeah, you're playing, you know, on Skitty Bop, that's great. But it's not is it really it? No. No, we'll sing along and you know, it's yeah. like, oh, it's something fun to do on a Friday night yeah. when you're having uh, some drinks. They devolve into tribute acts, and I think that's a bad way to go. I, I saw somebody say that online and my response to that is you can't have you. You have to steal other people's hits when you have no originality of yourself. Well, I mean, and you know, copy the, an A, get an A. Yep, <laughs> I got, I got no comeback for that. <laughs> but actually, the other thing, and I think this has been brought up on the show before, but tonight was really irritating me. Physically, um, revival or uh, FTR, whatever the fuck, You're whatever, whatever you got, the fuck yeah. you want. Yeah, whatever. We're not beholden to any Jack of and that. Daxter. Jack and Daxter. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, giant human physically, uh-huh. they're so much bigger than the box, yeah. where it should also come down to that previous factor from the Cody Allen match, where Bucks need to emphasize, oh, their tag team work and quick mm-hmm. tags, moving quick and everything like that. And there were a couple of times, and this irritated me, that they were throwing like moves at them that were... I, I, yeah, the one yeah. the one Buck who looks especially emaciated, he threw a clothesline that knocked... That's bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bald Buck. I think it was uh, hair hair revival guy yes. over the top turn or over yeah. the top rope with the clothes. I was like, no, no, <laughs> just no. Uh, it's that's an interesting point because there was a point in New Japan where the Young Bucks were bulking up to be true heavyweights, yeah. yep. and they've gone from doing that to just not caring about anything. Like they're not even in the shape they were before they decided to bulk up. Yeah, the um, one with hair grew his hair longer. That is true. <laughs> And he has a beard now. Yeah, yeah well, that, like I mean, that is poor true. Poor man's Adam Rose. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but I think they were—they looked better when they were wrestling Brandon Cutler in their backyard. Oh, God damn it! After the match, Kenny Omega came out to celebrate with them, and they kept going that to that he that dastardly heel. Yeah, you know, out that, to celebrate real, with the his real friends. bad guy that he is. Yeah. Uh, he well, they kept switching to a camera angle. And showing, like, showing, but not saying that Hangman Page was, like, in the entrance ramp mm-hmm. until finally, like, Bucks and Omega were leaving and they go, oh, who was that working in the shadows? <laughs> yeah, Tony <laughs> Giovanni's like, who is that? Lo- so lame. <laughs> what the fuck? What are you talking about? Like, uh, it was Black Rain and they just didn't know it. Oh, boy. I wish. <laughs> Judas Messiah <laughs> makes a return. Oh, my God. You know, that's a, this is the second podcast this week you've mentioned Judas Messiah's. Oh, I'm going to mention him on Longbox Heroes this week. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, so, who knows where that's going to go. I mean, Young Bucks are champs. Kind of what, you know, they were wanting to do from the beginning. Uh, the Young Bucks got both of their uh, wins back from Private Party in the last couple of weeks. So, Like, is is this going to be like, a hey, I'm Hangman and my friends are having success and I'm not, so fuck them. He's going to And he's going to go heal, which will be really stupid. It'll be real dumb. Uh, I, I mean, I think universally the build to this match was disliked. Oh, it was, yeah. It was uh, I don't, I, you know, even the people who normally love the Young Bucks, their friends, uh, and otherwise in, in professional wrestling journal journalism. Industry inside. Yeah. Yes. Dirt sheet uh, writers. Yeah. Uh, usually <laughs> love them. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, even they were, I'm not into this. It doesn't make any sense. So hopefully they come out of it with a plan and I guess maybe somebody else. I don't know. I don't know if they if they continue FTR, get a rematch, or if they try to elevate a tag team into it now that someone new has the belts. It would so uh, one would assume, and we're spending a lot of time on this match, but 
one would assume that you could build at least to the next pay-per-view maybe a six-person or it's or an episode of TV, like when they yeah. do like the specials or whatever, where it's a six-person where it's the Bucks and Kenny against mm. uh, Revival and Hangman, Ooh. right? Yeah, so you sure. do something like that. Maybe they get the pin on one of the Bucks. You do a rematch with the Revival, mm-hmm. maybe the next pay-per-view, and that's how you kind of wrap that up. Yeah. In the interim, you have the Bucks maybe, you know – not defend the titles as much. Right. Make the titles seem special. Make the Bucks seem like an attraction. Make them seem special. And I'm just trying to go through the list of people of who they haven't beaten before. Mm-hmm. And I think they've beaten every tag team on the roster already on their way to becoming the tag team champions. Yeah. So there's no one that's got their number, because which is typically the thing that you do when you have someone win a title. Right. You know, all the way back. It's like, okay, you've won the title, but before you won the title, you have this blemish on your record from X. And now we know that this person maybe can beat you. And now that they're the champs, you line them up as the next contender, but there is no one. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think that's a big issue of company wide. Agreed with that. Yeah. Next match the Elite Deletion Spectacle. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara coming to you from the Hardy household yeah. compound. Whatever. I had no idea this was going to be a Hardy compound. Match. Really? Yeah. See, I, I knew even no though idea. I did, I forgot this match was going to happen. I knew yeah. it was like a taped, Ugh. like cinematic, whatever. Yeah. Uh, this thing goes over twenty-one minutes. Uh, Matt Hardy gets the win over Sammy by murder, death, kill. No, I don't mean Nick Gage. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of shit that happened here. Fireworks. Mm-hmm. Fanging and banging. Fanging and banging. Mm-hmm. A that, monster truck. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, Fanging and banging is the reason why I will not give this match a negative score. Okay. Is this now on the DJ scale? How many stars does Gangrel add to any match? <laughs> All of them. Okay. That's <laughs> just what it is. What if Gangrel wins by a roll-up? Do we break the scale? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It was just complete... You know, whatever. Clusterfuck cinematic. Kind of cinematic, kind of not. It was a disaster. (laughs) Yeah, like Private Party runs in. uh, Santana and Ortiz run in. Gangrel's in the inner circle now. I, I mean, yeah. fingers crossed. Fingers, I mean, that's that's what by, they, by logic. It's the Miami rump shaker himself, <laughs> Gangrel. It's, it's what they told us. It's what they showed us at least. That. Hurricane Helms is back. <laughs> yeah. Why he was being tied up by Gangrel? That I, was from the the I last Impact one that they did. Oh, okay. right. Continuity because even yeah. Matt Hardy breaks yeah. the broken character and says it's continuity. We're paying off long term yeah. storytelling right. here. Yeah. Oh, that's what that meant. Yeah. Listen, okay. Uh, uh, next time, uh, before we come on this show, could you please do your three different promotion studying and, and homework so you know? <laughs> How I'll, dare you? I'll say. make sure I watch my tapes from 2018. Thank you. God, <laughs> disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sammy just gets stuffed in a trash can and wheeled off. Uh, in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. but so you you also missed. Um, we mentioned the monster truck. You mentioned. Uh, I don't know. You didn't mention how sad it is to see Matt Hardy walk. Oh, oh god. Yeah. So right as the match started, and uh, he walked, Doug just goes, "Oh fuck, it's bad." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that broke my heart a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, He's got worse knees than Terry Funk did in Beyond the Mat. Yeah. 
and he's not a four, and, and he's not a fifty-three year old legend. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think he's like a thirty-eight year old legend, <laughs> which is even sad. It's really sad. Um. Yeah. But so they go inside. Like, what the hell do they call it? Like the inside part, the deletion uh, dome, or something? the deletion dome, yes. whatever the fuck. The garage. So they have a bunch of things set up. <laughs> Sammy does like a big swan ton off the top, which should have been the finish. Yeah. Right. But Sammy then sells the back of his neck. Mm-hmm. So there's like tables and ladders and shit set up all over the place. Um, they go to the outside, or they Sammy's on the apron. Matt like spears him through, but the angle that they use, I guess, had to be the only usable angle since this was taped. Because they only show that one angle, and they show 46 times in the replay yes. of Sammy doing oh the swanton. Yeah. And apparently, you know, like, something happened where, like, when Sammy landed, I guess he landed in, like, a jar of raspberry jam. <laughs> yes. Because, it, cause, yep. like, they were trying to sell that he, like, busted open the back of his head, yeah. and he obviously didn't. Yeah. Yeah, and then perverse. they do the repay, the replay, or not the, the like, the pay, like, the, 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 the retribution yeah. of... Matt hitting Sammy in the temple with the chair, and then he gives him like the one person concerto. And the announcers are selling like how horrible and vicious, and thankfully the match is finally over. And I'm just like, you like, uh, Sammy should have won this match, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Matt Hardy is washed, like, completely washed. He can't move. Like, what does Matt Hardy gain from winning this? Yeah, like, I say it all the time at the end of this match, where where are the, the people who are in it after it and these both these guys are nowhere yeah sammy has another storyline with mjf to go to but he just lost to a guy that can barely walk and hardy's not going hardy's not going to work anybody else in this company no this, he's, he's going to second the private party and that's it that's this is very decision. this is very like mid to late 2000s wf yeah. booking where someone's about to turn one way or the other mm-hmm. so they 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 job them out before they turn so that when they turn it's like oh they're fresh we don't remember those things yeah. but at the very least this is the beginning of sammy having his inner circle wolf pack with him santana ortiz and gangrel <laughs> this match did a lot of interesting things like so they did a bunch of callbacks to the previous hardy matches and we and we talked about how the first hardy compound match was pretty revolutionary it, it opened up that existing opened up the COVID era for wrestling to kind of do more of that stuff but this one is so self-referencing like, the first one had Roman candles. Well, now we have giant Roman candles that go on for 15 minutes. And, the, oh, here's the boat. Here's, you know, here's the lake of, of rejuvenation or whatever it's called. Like, resurrection. Resurrection. Let's make sure we get all that in, too, because remember how it was in the first one? Let's, you know, let's get it in this one, too, so everybody remembers. Vanguard 1's in this, and Nero, Neo, Neo 1, or whatever one, the hell yes. it is. Yeah. Senor, Benjamin. Senor Benjamin's right. in it. Right. The piano playing by uh, Rebe at the end. Like, it's... It's you know it's just a, it's a snake eating its own tail um, throughout all of Matt Hardy's cinematic matches, which would make it feel like he was kind of done, right? Like if you're doing this, then you could be like, well, this was the last one he's done. This was his Sammy farewell. wins. Sammy, yeah. Sammy, Sammy wins. wins. This was Matt buttoned up everything he ever did. It was his tribute to the way he changed the business. End of it. He's just a a, a side player in AEW from now on. But instead, he gets his revenge, goes on top of like one of the youngest, potentially brightest stars in the company uh, for, I don't know, because he lets them use his house. I don't I don't know. Yeah. There was one thing that bugged me, and I'll, I'll be completely honest about this. I slept through a decent chunk of this match. <laughs> Did they do anything with the fucking coffin? No. no. That pisses me off. <laughs> I saw that coffin. I got excited. I thought you were going to be like, Gangrel didn't have a goblet. What's the point? Right. <laughs> well, that's yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of... I, I, this was... For what I did catch of it, it was just a fun, idiotic affair. There but, was some fun, yeah. fun in here, but it's another thing. 
uh, they did it a few times, and Joe keeps re- say, referencing it. They there's a natural finish that they go beyond for no reason, and there's just too much time. You can button this up. This was a long show. Oh yeah, you can button all this stuff up. There's nothing wrong with it with a good, entertaining eight minute match. Not that this one should have been eight minutes, but you can button up matches. You know, it, it and, shouldn't have been eight minutes, but it should not have been twenty one no, minutes. That's right. for fucking sure. Right. Uh, we get a video promo afterwards of uh, Lance Archer and Jake the Snake. Yeah, I mean, Archer's still gonna kill everyone, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's got a. He's been dealt a bad hand in this company. COVID set him back. But he hasn't been compl- Like he's still a threat. Right. Yeah. Like he yes. hasn't been like wasted. Like yeah. so many other people. It's like okay, they're no longer a threat anymore. Right. Like he very easily could be. You know, Nyla Rose. Where it's like, okay, whatever. Like, he's just kind of cycling through the same things again. And sadly, right. it's like they're positioning him to be, like, at the very least, the on TV challenger for Moxley. And, you know, maybe they could position him to go after, like, Darby. At least that's, like, a fresh matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. just for and something a good different. Ma- and a good matchup for Darby. Yeah. Darby will kill himself right. yeah. for mm-hmm. Archer. Yeah. Next match MJF going up against Chris Jericho. MJF wins. He's in the inner circle. This goes 16 minutes. <laughs> okay. MJF gets your win with the roll up. So, three plus three stars, bringing this match to a grand total of three stars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I said like after I think this is the best match you're gonna get out of these two together. Yeah. I don't think that they can work any better with each other. Uh, MJF is. In the ring, like uh, he's okay. Yeah, uh, Jericho, he was, he was wrestling like trying to wrestle like I don't know like yeah. Lionheart. Come on, baby, Chris Jericho a little yeah. bit with the Frankensteiner off the top rope and mm-hmm. the foot pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the foot pin and everything. Uh, but yeah, Lion Salt and didn't kill himself. <laughs> yep, thank God. Right. Um, he still he still does that garbage Boston Crab instead of the real walls of Jericho. Though. Yeah, kills me. Well, I always picture him just putting uh, Prince I K in and the old tap, tap out fatty. <laughs> One of my favorite moments ever. He, he couldn't do that th- in 2020 because people would be like, "Why is he going to tap out when he's the one putting on the move?" Oh, oh. come on now, Jericho looked fantastic here. For, Only red for, and puffy, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's the look he's going for, he's nailing it. Right. Yeah, but. This match was bland. Yeah. Like, for a match that was one of the stronger builds on TV, this felt like a nothing match. Being second from the top as well. And I'll give you, like, it was a somewhat creative finish. But, you know, like... Again, but a tri- it felt but like a, nothing new. A tribute act. The finish is a tribute act again. I yeah, mean, which is, and that's, a, it's like, yeah. you know, DJ, you know, used my co-host's words against me, copy an A, get an A. Right. And, you know, I can't argue with that. You know, um... And I guess also now Wardlow's in the inner circle as well. Yeah, that was a new yeah. added on stipulation. Right, and how interesting would it have been if like MJF is in the inner circle and Wardlow isn't? And Wardlow's like, "What the hell, man?" And then yeah. MJF's like, "Sorry, and, dude." Yeah. And MJF's like, "I'll try to get you in, man. Right. I'll try to get you in." And then like he doesn't. And then Wardlow's like, "Like they're they're put into a vote." And like right. you could string that along. But now at the very least, we mm-hmm. have it set up so it's. Uh, inner circle black and white of Jericho, MJF, Wardlow, and Hager against right. inner circle Wolfpack, right. Sammy, Gangrel, Santana, Ortiz I mean, for the next pay per view. Listen, you don't, you don't, don't turn, turn your, rolling with. You don't turn your back on the red and the black. You know what I'm saying? 
So and they can have a war games match. Okay. They're at the next pay per view. Listen, yeah. I, I mean, now I'm into it. Yeah. So, Doug, what's your theory on every single wrestling feud? Uh, every single wrestling feud culminates in a war games yeah. match. That's right. I, that's a proven commodity. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, like, two guys who we know both of these guys are charismatic, right? We we know that these guys can carry a promo and have done some fun things. Um, had a pretty talked about segment in the dance thing they did, the song, the little song and dance number. Uh, you know, have been featured for a while, teasing this kind of stuff, and we got a match that was kind of missing that sort of fun and uh, personality. Well, I mean, Jericho wanted like MJF, like the the harsh side of him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he didn't want to like fun fuck around or whatever. So like I could see MJF being like, "All right, well, that's what you're gonna get then." Yeah, but MJF. Fun fuck arounds with the Jericho tribute robe, he coming did. out crotch right. chopping yeah, at the did. fans that are booing him. Yeah. So MJF's character is a little undefined. Yeah. Um, and You're I right. know everyone in the world is very high on MJF. Yeah. And I'm not there yet. I see the potential, mm-hmm. but I think there's at least six other people that are on the AEW roster that are in a better position to be like that next guy that should get that shove. But the problem is they're like all baby faces and no heels. They don't have any heels that are on that next level to go to that next thing. Like why is jungle boy not being pushed as like a, like a white meat, you know, again, I hate to use this terminology, but like a blowjob baby face, you know, but like, Jungle Boy gets to wrestle on Dark, where they showcase Luchasaurus, the real backbone of the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they they mess that stuff up all the time, and like you know, even tracking it back to the beginning, like when MJF was with Cody and he was Cody's protege, sort of thing. And then they do the turn, like they did the the MJF turns on Cody in like three weeks in on the company. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> you know, right? but like Feels so, like, a long like time they ago. just I don't know, they don't. None of that, they haven't worked any of that out for whatever reason. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Uh, Dynamite will be interesting on Wednesday, maybe. Uh, we go backstage, and Orange Cassidy gets interviewed, asks what his thoughts are. He says none, because he's the best. Right. Uh, Miro and Sabian and Penelope walk up, mm-hmm. and like Sabian slaps OC, but then OC was just kind of like grabs Trent, and Chuck was just like, cool, 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 walks yeah. off. Uh, it felt weird. They want to get away from that storyline as quick as I want them to. <laughs> it just like it felt like, like I don't know. It just felt weird, like a yeah. weird like, hey, let's just throw to this real quick. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm assuming this is to continue like whatever that program is. I'm assuming we're gonna get Kip Sabian versus OC on TV this week. Yeah, I would love to see OC versus Miro. Yes. yes, I think that would be a fun match. Yeah, and if that's what this is building to, I'm okay with like the awkwardness of this whole segment. Yeah. Yeah. It was so is the so I guess so with this happening, that means OC and anything with the dark circles done or dark order is done. Who knows? Right? Who knows? That's yeah. true. Who Remember, knows? Remember, this company is you can right. have multiple feuds at once where you're the heel or the right. Face. Do you think OC wrestles without pockets for a few weeks and like nah, like changes no the gimmick? Like he tries to put them in a hand slip out because John Silver ripped out his pockets. I think that's going to be end up like being a more of a being the elite a show no, that only watch losers that. watch yeah. <laughs> uh, angle. So okay. I'll never know. All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Main event time, the whole shebang, what we were all looking forward to. World Heavyweight Championship match, I quit match. Mm-hmm. Champ John Moxley, the challenger. Eddie fucking Kingston. Eddie wearing the uh, Masawa that, gear. The emerald. Making me Masawa. so happy. Wearing the original Tracy Smothers shirt. Yep. That guy's the fucking best. Um, I watched the countdown to Full Gear earlier yeah. today, and I loved it. 
uh, it was like some new Eddie interview stuff, and I was yeah. just like maybe more invested in it. What a, what a baby face Eddie Kingston is coming out in the t-shirt to tribute to the recently passed yeah. on wrestler with the, the gear he's, of a legend. <laughs> yeah. And it's also a tribute to another passed away friend, Larry right. Sweeney, and yep. he's dedicated the title win to his mother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's the yeah. heel in the program. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And literally like his last closing yeah. promo on that countdown was, this is for every kid who's ever been called fat. Right. This is for any kid trying to get out of the ghetto. Right. You can do it. And guess what? Fuck you. If you think you can't. Right. What a what, dastardly what, guy. What a <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. uh, the end result, John Moxley gets the win. He retains the championship. Uh, this match was your blood and guts, gore, barbed wire, thumbtacks. If you were coming here for psycho- like uh, you know tech- technical wrestling, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck you were anticipating <laughs> with that. Um, listen... We all here at this table, we love Eddie Kingston. Right. Thrilled to see him main eventing a pay-per-view in the year 2020. It's incredible. Um, fucking hell, why did you not put the belt on him? Because they're cowards. They've, they've done this across the time. They won't make that risky decision. They're too worried about it. They're too worried to pull the trigger on something that would get the world actually talking about it. They've done it a bunch, and I, I brought it up. Like, it, if they do one of these wins that would shock everyone, it would give them the boost. And maybe they feel they don't need to because they're winning in the ratings and everything. But like, this would be talked about. Like, this would be the biggest deal in wrestling. And they just they they just don't do it. They don't want to do it. I don't know. Got to build up an Anna J versus Red Velvet match for TV right. this week. Ugh. Right, you makes know, a ton of sense. Um, I make no bones about it. I, you know what I mean. I'm friends with Eddie Kingston. This was a huge thing for me. I'm very proud of myself that I didn't cry after the match. Um, but it, like every all day today, like every time I thought about it, I like had tears in my eyes because like I know how special this match was. And in my heart of hearts, did I think Eddie Kingston was going to win this match? Sadly, no, because I know how this company is. I wanted him to win this match. And it's not like I'm pissed off at the company or I gave myself some sort of like weird expectations that I knew that this would not deliver on. But um, I, I, you know, in the real world, I always say in wrestling, I can kind of like separate myself from it. And then when my friends are involved, I kind of get a little bit more involved in it. But really, at the end of the day, is any of the people that I know that are with a major company, I want to see them make a million dollars. I want to see them make a lot of money doing the thing that they love, the thing that they've done for all of these years. And I hope the money that Eddie Kingston get paid for this, he could pay off his house. Right. You know what I mean? That's the sort of money that I hope he got out of this. Win, lose, or draw. But Eddie Kingston made people believe. Die, like, like diehard wrestling smart fans, jaded wrestling fans, believe in him and this match. And that is something that nothing has been done. That's something that AEW will tell you they have done in matches in their history, but it's not something that they've actually done. They've done it to their audience. The audience, the Bullet Club elite people being the elite people have cultivated, which is a very small number, but to a very much larger number, Eddie Kingston brought those people to your product, made, he made these people believe in your product. We've talked so many times before on how many people that we've seen, like basketball stars and other people like on the peripheries of like actual popular culture being like, 
where's this Eddie Kingston guy been my entire life? He's like the best promo in the world. First of all, yes, they're right. He is the best promo in the world, but he's also a really goddamn good wrestler who is believable and convincing and makes you think that the wrestling that he's in is real and it's a fight and that sort of thing. And that's something that's missing from AEW and that's something that's missing from WWF, something that's missing from professional wrestling. And one of the things that we lamented about the pay-per-view is like at the end of almost every single match is like, okay, now where does this go? Where does this go? In a kind of negative way because the finish really doesn't make a lot of sense. This made a lot of sense for Eddie to lose. Moxley tried to right. help him up and Eddie refused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We still have his connection with Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers. So there's still that. I think, it is, I think this is the beginning of an Eddie Kingston babyface turn. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it, that. It certainly seems that way. I mean, he can easily come out and be like, you know, you you were behind me in this match. I tried to do everything I could to tell you how important this was to me, and I didn't get enough from you kind of thing, and so I didn't. I wasn't able to do it because you didn't give me enough. But I think it is, it's going to be the babyface turn. We talked about it, if, you know, it, through the history of wrestling. You get these guys who come out as heels, uh, but they're so engaging and so good at, at talking that the fans turn, change them. There's just no helping it. It's just it's just naturally what happens, right? And we talked about it before Roddy Piper, right? Austin, The Rock, Ric Flair, mm-hmm. like that's the caliber of promo that Eddie Kingston can cut, absolutely, right? And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like he's a one in a lifetime talent, yeah. And I really hope that they, you know, it, I feel as though Eddie is too strong of a presence for them to fuck him up, yeah. And if they fuck him up. That's going to be an epic level fuck up. Right. I mean, he's he's four months in the company, and you know, which he got in on a match that he thought was just a just a whatever throwaway match, yep. and you know, they had a COVID outbreak. He got pushed into this program because they needed somebody, and he's talked his way and wrestled his way into the main event of of a huge pay per view, and did great. So unheard of. Like there, it, it's an it is an insane accomplishment but i think at least the four of us sitting at this table uh, uh, almost expected it to happen because we all know eddie yeah you know like uh, eddie's a force of nature so if you put him in a position he's gonna get it like he's not gonna back off or do half ass or like well i'll do just what you need me to do and i'll be out like he's like if i'm gonna do this he'll tell you he says it in these interviews if i'm gonna do something i'm doing it and so he got put in this position, and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll make everyone interested in your company and your main event. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. And we've talked a lot about Eddie Kingston. It's not to take anything away from John Moxley. No. And I was going to bring that awesome. up. I was gonna Moxley bring was that great up. in this yeah. match. Yep. He carried his end of the promos, the build, mm-hmm. and everything else like that. And he is, you know, uh, you know, he's worthy of being the AEW champion. You know, yeah. he's outside of the, the, the you know, legitimate inner, inner circle, not the Jericho inner circle. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the EVPs. They brought him in because they knew he was a name. He was someone that the fans would get behind. And that's the other thing about it is there's still so much more for Moxley to do as champion. Agreed. Right. And, yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, Moxley's also this guy, like, he's made his money. You know, he, he doesn't need to be doing this stuff. Yeah, he made his money and he doesn't spend his money. Right. Yeah. He yep. doesn't need to be doing thumbtack bumps and, you know, all this crazy stuff and, and going out there. You see so many wrestlers who have sort of been at half his level and they go out and they're like, I don't need to work that hard. You know, I, I'll just do what I can and get my shit over. And Mox very much 
has sort of stayed true to the guy he was before WWE. Like he has separated himself from that. Like when you're in WWE, you're Vince, you do what Vince tells you to do and you're paid there to do a job. And since he's left, he's sort of like, I'm doing what I want. Mm -hmm. And what he wants is to be the guy that he, that got him signed in the first place. That is just this badass maniac who makes sure whatever he does, the fans get what they need out of him. And he does a really good job at it. And he's a very good promo. I think he's getting even better at promos. And, you know, he played off – him and Eddie played off really well with the whole, you know, knowing each other backstory, which, you know, I, is a lot true, I'm assuming. I don't know a ton. But, you know, you, they, you can go back and look, look through the match list things and see where they lined up and shows they were on and circles they traveled in and all that. And they made it work. You know, it felt real. It looked real. Um, I, you know, it, Joe, it's a jaded you know, smart wrestling fans. Uh, I'm one of them. And at the end of that match, I was like, no, Eddie, don't, don't quit. Like, don't yeah, quit, Eddie. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, wait, no, you got me. Like, I'm completely in this believable match uh, where I'm watching a wrestling match in 2020 when a guy, where a guy's getting choked with barbed wire. And I'm like, no, don't. You don't need to. You don't need to tap right now. This isn't it. This isn't it. Yeah. So uh, they just, they did their job 100%. And both of those guys do that every time they go out. A lot of guys in that company don't. Uh, it was everything I was hoping for. Uh, it was chaos, violence, blood, uh, a back fist with a hand wrapped in barbed goddamn <laughs> wire. Yeah, and it was it was so much fun. And yeah, when you see a match like that, you know the two guys like each other because yeah. they wouldn't be fucking taking shots at each other like that unless yeah, yeah unless they legitimately were friends. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not letting anyone who's not my friend uh, dump my ass in thumbtacks and then pour rubbing alcohol <laughs> over me. And then step on your balls a lot. <laughs> not pull it so they're kind of like in your abdomen, like straight up like, no, those are your balls I'm stepping on. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, damn. Like, it was one of those where I was like, Legit going into it, I don't know who the fuck's gonna right. win this. I, I wanted Eddie to win, of course. I wanted Eddie to win for sure, mm-hmm. but I was, I would, I didn't know. Right. It, it can, if it went either way, I would have been. Yeah. I'm fine with it because, right. like Jody pointed out, Mox has been knocking it out of the fucking park since he's been there. Eddie's Eddie's been knocking it out of the into the different atmosphere since he's mm-hmm. been there. Um, but yeah, uh, that was the end of Full Gear. Right. So. Uh, I guess I'll do the round table. Uh-oh. What was your uh, favorite match? And then overall thoughts oh, on the no. show. Oh, no. Favorite match. So whoever wants to go first, go I'll go, I'll go right first. Ahead. What did we talk about? Let me look what the matches were. I don't even remember. No? No. No, there's like 73 matches or so. So uh, while you guys are trying to figure that out, um, overall thoughts, show's too long. Mm-hmm. Agreed even with if that. We shave yes. off, even if we shave off the pre-show, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking almost four hours. Yeah. And we've talked so many times, it's like, this match didn't need to be 14 minutes. This match didn't need to be 21 minutes. Mm-hmm. This match didn't need to do this. And they're right. They did it. Yeah. It was weird that they put inset promos to build up to TV, and I get why they did. But the show itself should build up to TV as opposed to a bunch of promos to build yeah. up to TV. Maybe you throw this stuff on the, pr- the pre-show, those promos, to build up those matches. Yeah. Or put those matches themselves on this pre-show, and you say, okay, tune into TV this week to f- sign them up. Your pay-per-view should tell a continuous story, but they should yeah. also be somewhat self-contained. Do you think it's sort of uh, a – this is the, the COVID era of wrestling – we're charging you fifty bucks, like you know. Wrestling That's pay- absolutely what like it is. Like wrestling pay per views now, WWE pay per views network, you ten bucks a month for whatever one you want to watch. Um, so like you know, we're we're charging you fifty bucks. This is the COVID era. We want to make sure we give you enough. And I'm like, it's four hours of okay wrestling is never going to be as satisfying 
as three hours of great wrestling. Yeah. So there were two matches on this pay-per-view that were under 15 minutes. That's wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't have that. That's in, that, that's insane. It's it's just, it, I yeah. get, you know, you want to do the whole, we want to give their fans the money's worth. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think you need to, need to do that all the no. time. You Some really days less don't. is more. And that's the thing, like, if I'm, if I'm reading a book or a comic book or watching a movie... You know, if it's good and I'm engaged in it, it doesn't matter what length it is. Uh, if, if I'm watching a movie and I don't like it, but I'm like, oh, I didn't like it, but it, but at least they gave me two hours of it. It doesn't make it any better. Nope. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah. you know, or, you know, a comic book, it's like, well, this story's good. If it's 10 pages, I love that comic book. You know, if it's, if it's a good story and it's 22 pages, I love that comic book. But if it's 22 pages and four or five of them are filler. I'm like, no, what are, what are you doing that for? Just give me those 18 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's an interesting choice. I get the motivation behind it, but I, I just, uh, like a lot of things they do, I just, I don't think it's the right decision. I don't think it's the thought out decision. There's nothing wrong with an eight minute match. No, there's really nothing. not. Nothing wrong with a six minute match. Right, nothing no. wrong with a six, a good solid six minute match. Uh, it, 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 when we, in the very beginning of the show, I had said that, and, and people came to me and were like, what's a six-minute match? Show me a good six-minute match. And I was like, just watch any WCW like mid-card. Yeah. <laughs> like, watch, Ra- watch Raven versus Kaz Hayashi from WCW Saturday Night twice. There you go. That's a good six-minute <laughs> match because the match is three minutes, right, and the yeah. fucking three minutes are awesome. Right. Yeah. So, watch Owen Hart versus 123 Kid yes. from King of the Ring 1994. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's an unbelievable four-minute match. Yep. Yeah. You, yeah. you could do it. It could you be can. done. Um, and the the things that DJ said is exactly they feel like they need to give you your money's worth, but that's not, you know, that's not quantity, that's quality. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I, I would have to say that my favorite match was Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley, best match of the show. It was yeah. the main event, deservedly so. If we're taking that off the table, um, I would say OC versus uh, John Silver because mm-hmm. it was like probably the shortest match in the show. There was no, there was very little filler in the match. Um, it highlighted two young up and coming guys, and I say young up and coming guys. I think both guys are in their mid thirties. <laughs> but again, young to you, the right. listener and watcher of the show. I mean, we live in a world where, like Dave Meltzer's, like who's Eddie Kingston? So yeah, you know. But yeah, I think that's I, I align with that too. I think it, the main event is you know I'm just so engaged in those guys and love Eddie Kingston, and then you know, and I liked Hangman and Omega a lot as well. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. I mean, I'm, there's no more wrestler I'm more engaged in. On TV than Eddie Kingston, uh, so that's that's just what it is. Yeah, that was definitely the match I was the most emotionally invested in for sure. Um, my favorite uh, was definitely that match. I, close second though was Omega and Hangman. I, I thought like that it. was a good start to the show, and them going like sixteen, it was like one of those where maybe they could have gone like two or three more minutes. You know, like that one I wouldn't have complained about the length on. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go Eddie and Mox for sure. Same Eddie and Mox by Country Mile. Copycat. Well, I was working for it. There's not a lot. What What am I going to do? Be like, I really, really like Jericho and MJF. Yeah, everybody at the table is going to be like, you're a liar. That's true. Lying liar. How can I expect you to pick one of the matches you slept through? That too. (laughs) (laughs) I did did, catch a little bit of a nap, so I'll take what I can Did you enjoy what you saw of Full Gear? Yeah, I mean, overall, I had a good time with it. It's also right. fun watching wrestling with people. Well, yeah, we yeah. always say that. that that's, the, that's the best part. I think that's <laughs> a big thing. If I was sitting here by myself watching this show, I'd be like, oh, my God, ended already. Yeah. Uh, but sitting here with friends uh, and the, the wrestling history that we all share with each other yeah, sure. uh, makes it a lot more fun, for sure. Yeah. 
Well, even like that one uh, show with like the, what was it, the stadium showdown or whatever the fuck it was. Like you, our friend Jenna, mm-hmm. and I, we watched it through Zoom or whatever. Right. Just because we're like, yeah, we just need this to be a little bit more enjoyable. Because right. if it was by yourself, nah, no thanks. I'm not on that. But, uh, so yeah, that was the end of Full Gear, everyone. That's it. That's, mm-hmm. all, right, that's well, all I could think of. See you later, everybody. Considering Goodbye. it's 1.30 in the morning. It is. That's true. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do? Do I have to do social media here? I mean, you might as well. Oh, crap. All right. Hold on. I wrote it down like three weeks ago. There it is. Look at you. Proud of you, bud. All right. Social media. Uh, Wednesday War Pod on Twitter. Wednesday Night War Podcast on Instagram, which I haven't posted uh, on in months, and it's just three pictures of Eddie Kingston. So <laughs> Instagram sucks. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Wednesday night warpod at Gmail. If you want to message the show and talk to us about anything, or tell us what you if there's anything you want us to talk about, go ahead. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll, whatever. Uh, Wednesday night warpodcast.com to take you to where the the pod being that get, you can listen to us and also everywhere else on iTunes, rate and review because that matters and all that sort of. <laughs> Happy fun stuff. Uh, that being said, because the man himself is here, oh, I'm going to oh, let shit. him plug all of, all of his stuff and not show him my notebook. Oh, come on now. Uh, so everything else, soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, where you could find Wednesday Night War whenever that goes up live. Uh, of course, all the other shows in the network, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes uh, After Dark, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Final Wrestling Place, At Odds with Wrestling, and uh, tonight actually debuted the first ever episode of Porch Talk After Dark. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's over there on the feeds. And anytime that any of these guys appear on any other shows and they let me know that they've been on those shows, they'll over be they'll be over there on uh, soon to be named right. network.com. I know DJ was just recently on uh, Cinema Vertigogo. Was. Are you guys still going to be on uh, Pod the Dreaded Sundown? Uh, that's or is a, that gr- off the that's table? a great uh, question. Okay. question. <laughs> no so, idea. Okay, so as of now, I will stop saying it <laughs> until you tell me that you guys are actually going to be on it. Because you told me you guys were going to be on it. Uh, and then... we, uh, Chuck, if you're listening, uh, we were told we were. <laughs> okay. um, and then have not had any communication since with uh, with Billy and Chuck. Chuck Damn, and Billy. Putting their feet to the fire. That's true. But I, if I you're like a fan it. of anyone here at Soon to be Named Network, Network and they branch out other places, yes. it'll all come back to soon to be named network.com. Yes. Anybody want to plug your personal shit? Yeah, DJ yeah. put his notebook away. He's the dude on Twitter <laughs> if you want to talk to him. Uh, that's about... T H E D double O G E. Thank you very much. That's double O. <laughs> the dude. Uh, if you want to talk to him about how cool it is that Damien Priest got tattoos on live TV. <laughs> And that makes him a super duper badass. You can do that. Uh, Brett is uh, Brett. X he acted Edge. like he was in so much pain. Tattoos don't yeah. hurt that bad. Well, listen, he got him in a sensitive spot. No, his didn't. whole body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett X Edge. You can talk to him about which of his which of the Edge heads is his favorite. It's not Broski. Uh, you know it, right? Woo woo woo. You could follow Doug on Twitter at Hey It's Doug Thirteen. That sounds right. Okay. Uh, where if you if you want to just tag him in all of your favorite Rhino promos, he would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Always. I, I have to mention today, so with Twitter, you know, like, normally your Twitter friends, if they like something, you can see it. I was fucking dying, scrolling through my timeline this morning, just seeing, like, 
a tweet saying like, uh, I don't know, Highlights Magazine calls the race, and every single one Doug liked. <laughs> it just blew up my fucking timeline. Oh like, yeah, I found like, those. In Tiger those Beat calls the presidential election. <laughs> I know what I see. Doug liked it. <laughs> sure did. Sky Mall Magazine calls the presidency. <laughs> calls the race for Biden. When Pro Wrestling Illustrated calls the race, then I'll believe it. I think Dinosaur Dracula was the first one that came up on my timeline that called the race. Ranger Rick calls the race. Um, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Sposto. Uh, I don't know. Followers, not followers. I don't care. Engagement, whatever. You do you. You do social media the way that you do. You do Potna. podcasting the way you do. I can't. I can't tell you to do whatever you want. Very true. All right. Um, what else is there? You covered all your stuff. That's I covered it. the soon to be named network. Yeah, I covered our pub, our you know our yeah. personal Twitter accounts. That's the uh, end of the line. I got nothing. Uh, thank you guys. Yes, uh, for coming thank on. You so oh much. well, thank you for having yeah. me on. I uh, love talking always. wrestling. It's, <laughs> thank uh, you. It's a ton of fun. Doug, uh, you're welcome. You know, I, I, I hinted at it earlier. We all, the the four of us have a very very deep history of wrestling together. It's how uh, most of us met. Uh, pretty much, and uh, it's at least the thing that brings us together, uh, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome. So I like uh, I like having you guys around. I love talking wrestling with people, uh, especially you know, and not to get like overly sappy, but like my wrestling, a lot of my personal wrestling watching and likes were formed from hanging out with with Joe. Uh, you know, so I'm sorry. <laughs> right. So like it's, it, it's, it's cool to talk about it because that's sort of what we've done for, you know, the entirety of our 20 friendship. plus years. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's been wrestling related. It's been you letting me with a bag of sandwiches cause I didn't have money, uh, to, to eat. <laughs> But I had money to buy a ticket to Ring of Honor, uh, like to let, get in your car and go watch Ring of Honor shows, and I would just eat my sandwich when everybody else went to a restaurant because I was broke as shit. Uh, so it's cool to be here to talk wrestling, to have this sort of platform, to just have the four of us uh, bullshit like we normally would if microphones weren't in front of our faces. So now you have me thinking about going to wrestling shows where I was the broke kid, and you were like, "Hey, want to go to Chikara?" <laughs> and then we'd go, and then Joe would be like, "Hey, you want to go eat at a diner afterwards?" <laughs> and we would, right. and uh, yeah, a lot of good shit. Here. You have to pass that down. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. Right. If you're not the one who did it, you know, you be the one that starts it. You know, right. I, I you brought it up like even like during the Chikara days, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we were running the shows at the staircase. And we would have a bunch of people come and help set up the ring or whatever it was. Afterwards, I'm like, we're, we're all going out to eat, and it's on me. Right. You know, it's it's my treat. That's, like, my payment for you. Like, I wasn't getting paid for what I was doing. I was paying, right. you know, a chunk of the talent that was wrestling on those Pittston shows out of my own pocket. Yeah. And then I was taking everybody that helped with the ring out to eat. And I was paying for the ring rental, uh, the truck rental myself, you know. Yeah. Um, I got to call, to carry Milano Collection AT's bags. Right. In see? Pittston, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and, <laughs> and hang yeah. out with the Necro Butcher at the Staircase Lounge. <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I've told this story before, but can I repeat it here on the show about the Necro Butcher? Uh, you can so, say whatever yeah. you want right. about the Necro yeah. Butcher. <laughs> so let's just say, let's, let, okay, let's say, two, let's say 2020, Necro Butcher's a piece of shit, MAGA chud, <laughs> scum fuck, and I hope he's dead. But he's not. I just recently... Amen. Man. I mean, <laughs> he does choose death. Eventually, it's right. got to happen. Um, but in 2004, <laughs> 2000, right, 2004, 2005, like, Necro Butcher was, like, pretty badass, you know? Right. Um, so uh, I start with Chikara late 2004, 2005. 
Um, two or three weeks before the show, I'm contacted to say, like, hey, you know how we send out these press releases that say, from the desk of Leonard F. Chikarsen, do you want to be Leonard F. Chikarsen? So I said, yes. That's my entry into doing stuff, like, on camera, which leads to me doing commentary, and then leads to me doing commentary anywhere else, right? So, either way, uh, we also, right around the same time as when April and I moved into the house that we're still in to this day. Like, it's, we're homeowners. We're purchasing a home. We're moving in on, like, February 1st. Uh, so maybe like a w- the week of the show, uh, the owner of Chikara sends out an email saying like, hey, you know, uh, we're going to be in the area. We have a lot of people coming in. It's Tag Road Grand Prix. It's three days. Uh, we have a couple people that need places to crash. Can anyone put up in their house Necro Butcher and Madman Pondo? <laughs> to which I said, <laughs> no. <laughs> because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, obviously, like, I'm very new into the business at this point. But obviously, Necro Butcher and Madman Pondo in 2004, 2005 had a very strong reputation because they were like deathmatch wrestlers, right. you know? So I was afraid to have them in my house. Little did I know at the time that they were absolute gentlemen. Uh, Necro Butcher, <laughs> for, for my brief experience with him back then, was incredibly yeah. nice. And I was, you know, I would go on to be on other shows at AIW with Madman Pondo and, like, we would talk about, like, The, the Shining and, like, stuff like that because that's his favorite movie, The Shining, and he's, you know, a really cool guy. And uh, you know, little would I know that I could have allowed them to come into my home, and that would be a cool story. But I think not allowing them in my home is just <laughs> as cool as a story. Yes. And I'm just going to assume that they, like, slept on the street somewhere. No, I think uh, yeah. the owner of Chikara ended up having to, like, spring for a hotel for them. Mm, uh, what a shame. Yeah. Well, I even have to give credit to Doug for being, uh, you know, the person to being like, hey, this is a death match. Do you ever hear of a death match? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I'm going to get you to go to a tournament. I was like, all right, sure. A couple years ago, finally, we made the call. And Joe, you just happened to be there calling that That's tournament right. in New Jersey. And I'm addicted. And I fucking love death matches. And I'm a ghoul now. Yeah. So, thank, so thank you, Doug. You're welcome. <laughs> I gave you the greatest gift of the gift of life. <laughs> not to uh, not to drag this on, uh, but I'm going to thank Doug for being a referee that was bigger than any of the wrestlers that he was in the ring with, um, and uh, for proving to the world just how tall AJ Styles truly is. Oh, oh my good gravy, <laughs> good gravy. <laughs> I'm going to sign up for like that Impact, whatever it is, like whatever their pl- Impact Plus yeah. program is, and I'm going to find that episode of TNA <laughs> where they have the AJ Styles Abyss Tale of the Tape, where it says on TV, which is a legal binding contract, that AJ Styles is five foot eleven, <laughs> which is a lie because we all know he's six foot eleven. Easily, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> which means Vince. Russo so was like nine foot twelve. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> that's fun. Thanks, everybody. Uh, pro wrestling. That's cool. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named Soon network, the Lamborghini of podcast networks. If anybody ever wants to do the all banana eating podcast with me, I can. I will. I will hate myself within five minutes of that. The all banana. All right. Well, can well. you think of a worse sounding food to eat on a podcast? Uh, yeah, chicken wings. Like soup. Yeah, yeah, chicken wings. Chicken wings. Like a nice hearty bisque, maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe like some granola. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. some grape nuts, maybe with yeah. no milk. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> mac and cheese. Oh my god. I just, oh, that makes my teeth hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Sour gummy candy. Yum. <laughs> the oversized gummy worm that looks like a two-headed dildo. I had one of those. <laughs> yeah. It was delicious. Yeah. I, I had one did. of those for like a year and a half. <laughs> Cut off a slice yep. once a day. Yep. Lasted forever. Yeah, I know. I got the first bite of it. Yeah, it was disgusting. 